Scott, a good evening. 30,000 nurses across the country have voted in favour of striking three more times. Across July, August and September, some lasting as long as 24 hours. The union warns that if a deal isn't done, many nurses will leave the profession. Last month, tens of thousands of New Zealand nurses walked off the job. Their first strike action this year. Striking today and why we need safe staffing, better pay and better conditions for nurses. I've never known understaffing like we're facing right now. We need them right here, Jacinda, come on. You need to come out of your hiding place and pay us what we are deserving of. District health boards are in mediation with the union today in a bid to prevent further industrial action planned to take place over the next three months. Kia ora, I'm Jessie Chang, and today on The Detail, why are our nurses striking? We're losing our nurses, that we're losing them so fast. Hi, I'm Jessie. I'm out in Auckland visiting a senior nurse who's been working in New Zealand for 20 years. He's a New Zealand Nurses Organisation union delegate and he doesn't want his name used. Well, I was actually a technician and I wasn't getting anything for me. I I wanted to be able to help people. So I thought, well, why not? I'll give it a go. (laughs) What could possibly go wrong? What has gone wrong? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love working with the patients. It's great. But it's. I would like it a whole lot more if we had the time to nurse. And it doesn't feel like we have the time to nurse. He says nurses on his ward are leaving in droves. Five left in just two weeks. We lost five. I think we're going to lose more. What is their reason for leaving? Is it because of the pay? Because of the pay and because of the, the working conditions and the unsafe staffing. People are getting really tired. People are getting phoned at home, can you come to work? People are working short-staffed. And and nurses, in a way, have been their own worst enemy because they've plugged the gaps. And the gaps have got bigger and they've plugged them again and they've got bigger and they've plugged them again. But we're getting tired now and we can't be coming into work all the time or extending all the time. How often are nurses having to work understaffed? You'll be looking at now just about every shift where they're trying to plug a gap. So people are either extending into the next shift to cover it or somebody's coming in on their day off or swapping their shift around. Every shift? You're you're trying every shift to plug a gap. Something that a lot of us are doing now is, you know, you're getting ready for work and you're thinking, what's it going to be like when I get there? We'll hear more from the senior nurse later, but first... Nurses went on strike three years ago, so why are they doing it again? They did do it three years ago, and, you know, you might remember it was a really big fuss. You know, it, yeah, was, it, was. it was the biggest strike in a decade. That's Rowan Quinn, RNZ's health correspondent. Much like we saw last month, there were just nurses out everywhere on the street, a lot of fuss, a lot of protest. At that time, they were feeling aggrieved that it had been years and years and years since they felt they'd had a decent pay rise, and they were frustrated that they weren't able to make progress. So even though it wasn't very long ago, what they're saying now is that um, action only got them pay that t- till 2019. That was the last increase they got as a result of that pay action. So... It's now been a couple of years and it's been quite a big couple of years for mm. nurses because of, of COVID and all that sort of response. And they feel that it's time for, for more pay and they're really frustrated that they're not able to get what they want. Okay. So <coughs> let's go back to 2018 then and really break down what happened. What exactly did the nurses want 
and what did they get? They wanted more money was the main thing, but they were also frustrated at their conditions. So they felt that there was a shortage of them, that they were working these long hours, that they weren't really appreciated. So that was all part of it as well. And and they were coming off the back of the national government who had put less money into to health as well. And there was, I think there was a sense that when Labour came in, that they might get what they had been asking for for all these years. But it didn't really work out that way, and that caused a lot of frustration. In the end, they got three times 3% pay rises, and which sounds a bit funny. It's not quite a straight 9% pay rise because some of it was split over different bands, mm. but they got three sections of a 3% pay rise, and that took them to 2019. DHB's also committed to working towards a pay equity claim, but it's complicated. The nursing workforce is mainly women, and they say they're paid less than men in a comparable profession. But what is that other profession? It's hard to judge, it still hasn't been resolved, and it's not on the table this round. But you would have to wonder whether... If that had been addressed, if they had got their pay equity claim, whether they would need to strike or whether they might feel that they were better valued, um, they think that it would be uh, at least 17% more that they need to be paid. How did we get to, you know, three years down the track, we've got this pay deal and there's more strike action? And and this time, it, it the strike action seems a lot more intensified. They've now voted to strike again for 24 hours on July 29th, followed by eight hours on August the 19th, and another 24 hours on September the 9th. Partly that's sort of a practical thing, so that they just have to have one vote. So they say, OK, we don't want to vote every time we want to strike. We seem to have hit a wall with the DHBs. Let's have one vote and we'll um, cover off any potential strikes. So it doesn't mean that they'll all happen. If something gets resolved before then, that will be the case. But I think anyone who saw any of the coverage of the nurses' strike, the most recent one, will see that that frustration is there again. I think what they are feeling is that they really stepped up during COVID, that, you know, firstly, we had COVID in the country and they were the people on the front line. Uh, then a lot of them have their everyday work, even when COVID's not in the country, their everyday jobs are are trickier now because there's all these extra COVID precautions that hospitals are taking. So that means that everything they're doing is taking a longer amount of time. Um, They also were involved in a lot of the testing, some of them, but not that many NZNO nurses. That's the big union that's doing the strike. Not that many of them are vaccinators, but some of them are. So they're really... They were really angry when the government said that it was going to put largely put a pay freeze on public service workers. Frankly, we were quite astonished by this. It's, um, you know, it's very short-sighted to have such a blanket approach to, to wages. So that really made them, them angry. And at, and at the strike, you saw a lot of the anger was directed at the government, even though it's the DHBs that are their employers, the district health boards, a lot of the signs were directed at Jacinda Ardern. Her be kind message came back to bite her a little bit because... Mm. Um, what were that, they saying? Oh, they were saying, well, hey, be kind to us. You know, we're, we're doing the, the hard work here. We're, we're keeping the country safe for COVID and, and we want to be fairly you know, remunerated for that and we're not getting that. And um, 
Andrew Little, the Minister of Health, he was booed in Wellington when he went out to speak to nurses. Grant Robertson, uh, Minister of Finance, he was on some of the placards. There was a picture of him doing the middle finger with the, the sense that that's what he was doing mm. to nurses by keeping a, a tight lock on, on the public pay freeze. So the government did say actually that it wouldn't totally freeze the pay of nurses. Following crisis meetings with unions today, the government's agreed to a partial backdown over the pay freeze. Unions can now negotiate pay increases to meet the cost of living for our public servants. Especially those at the junior end, there would be room for them to have. But of course, actually, at the end of the day, the nitty gritty of the negotiations has been between the district health boards and the nurses. So what is on the table for this time around? Okay, well... It is quite complicated. (laughs) The nurses are asking for a 17% pay increase. Which sounds like a lot. It does sound like a lot, but a lot of that 17% um, relates to healthcare assistance. So those are people like orderlies and people who sort of help nurses out, but they're not actually trained nurses. And a lot of them are women as well, but also actually a lot of them are men. But the women that work, work, healthcare assistants that work in the private sector, they got a big gender pay equity claim that bumped their pay up 17%. So they are now being paid 17% more than their colleagues who are working in public health. So these are people in um, aged care facilities are being paid more and, and other private healthcare settings. Whereas the people who do exactly the same job in the public sector are not, they haven't had that pay increase. So that's causing a lot of frustration. And, and that's what where some of that 17% that they're asking for comes from. The DHBs have offered between 09 and 12.2%. So that highest increase would be the lowest paid people. So they might be like healthcare assistants and very junior nurses. And what the nurses' organisation is saying is that once you've been a nurse for seven years or more, so that's probably quite a big chunk of the workforce, you actually would only get an increase of about 1.4%. So in a way, we have to take each side at their word about what they're offering because we're not at the table Mm. and they all have different interpretations about what they're offering. One thing that was a little bit contentious is that the district health boards have come out and said, oh, we'll give you a $4,000 lump sum Uh, advance on your pay equity claim. So they feel like that's a really great offer to the nurses, but the nurses have come back and said, well, actually, the pay equity claim is a totally different thing. And so, yes, by all means offer us this, but this is not what we're talking about at the moment. So both sides say that they hope that they don't have to strike again. The DHBs were really, uh, they, they were quite annoyed that the nurses had the strike ballot while the negotiations were still going. They felt it was quite inflammatory and that they felt that the negotiations should be allowed to stand on their own and then if they're not resolved, well, then the nurses can look at what do what they want to do when it comes to a strike. A lot of the language that you'll hear from the DHB negotiators, the people that are fronting for them, is that they do value their nurses and that they really want to resolve this. And then you hear from the nurses that they really want to resolve this as well. They don't want to be striking. They're busy enough as it is. They don't, you know, because they don't get paid when they strike either. So they also take a financial hit. And the next round of strikes are a lot more full-on than the last ones. The most recent ones were eight-hour strikes, So, and they were split over two shifts. So 
each nurse was only losing half a day's pay. But the next strike, the first one would be 24 hours, which is a much bigger ask. It's a big statement. Yeah, and a big impact on the health system um, because that's – there'd be more operations would have to be called off because of that. There'd be a much bigger disruption. And then the second one they voted on would be another eight-hour one split over those two shifts. And then the third one, if it got that far, would also be a 24-hour one. So we're talking about significant more disruption if they can't sort this out. What has the government said about the recent strike action? Well, it's been interesting because they've had that similar language that the district health boards are saying that, you know, we value our nurses and that we want to look after them and we we value the work that they do. Andrew Little, it was interesting, he was interviewed on Morning Report last week and he, you know, often ministers will sit back from the, the negotiations and they'll say, well, this is up to the DHBs to, to sort out. But he said... The nurses on the job are incredibly frustrated, stressed and that is not acceptable. He's asked his officials, the people in the Ministry of Health that he has access to, to really try and sort this out. But, you know, he's also in charge of a health system that's full of some of the staffing shortages that are adding to the frustrations of nurses and other uh, people working in the public health system. So they've been big spikes in winter illnesses this year. All the nurses in the um, paediatric and babies wards are really, really busy and stressed. There are shortages of psychologists or radiographers, um, so that, that makes long MRI queues. He's under a lot of pressure from all sectors of, of the health system because everyone's so stretched and I guess nurses are just one part of that and they're saying not only do we need more money but we also want recognition of the fact that our jobs are really hard at the moment. We heard actually earlier this year that on the North Shore they were having to call off surgery because there are a shortage of theatre nurses so it's not necessarily even that there are situations that aren't safe in wards or in emergency departments, but also that planned surgery is getting called off because there just aren't enough nurses to carry out that surgery. And they're an important part of the surgical team. And as I said before, the fact that COVID is a threat all the time, that they have to take a lot more precautions and everything takes longer as well. So I guess it's not directly connected to staffing shortages, but it means that the people that less is done over a day because there are more precautions that people have to take in a lot of areas of health, not not all areas of health. So in negotiations then, how do we solve that problem? Well, that's a tricky one because we know at Waitamata DHB they've been trying to recruit 100 nurses this year and they've really struggled. So it's actually something that uh, is much bigger than just the DHBs. And, you know, last week Queensland was... Uh, targeting New Zealand and trying to lure um, yes. our nurses across the ditch there, and they were they made quite a good play of it. Ditch the winter chill, the ad reads. Expand your horizons in sunny Queensland. The upbeat ad has pictures of smiling nurses with babies and a picture of a golden sand beach. They put these ads in the Herald and on um, recruiting websites saying, come over to sunny Queensland and we'll pay you better and it's lovely over here. So, you know, our health system is competing with that as well and it hasn't been as bad lately because of COVID. You know, overseas is a much less appealing prospect. There is 
there are COVID outbreaks in a lot of places where New Zealanders might choose to go to work. So that means that more have stayed here. But also, we've had fewer people coming in to work here, and that's had an impact as well. Although now that's been addressed, there, there are some spaces in MIQ for health workers that need to come over. So will it be up to the government, I guess, to make a push for recruiting for nurses as well? It's a, it's a bit of both. It's a bit of a combo of, and it's a really complicated problem that goes right across the system and it's, it would go right back, like so many of the, the shortages in our health system, it would go right back to training, like to just simply having more training places available and making nursing a more attractive proposition because we also heard from people on the on the picket line that in the last few weeks that they're either considering giving up or they're considering going overseas. One of our enrolled nurses on $23 an hour now has been offered work in Australia for $100,000 a year, working four weeks in Australia and two weeks rest at home. If I were to work in Australia, I would be looking at more than $100,000 a year as opposed to what I'm getting now, which is I'm on a uh, flat of 77000 And that's after 20 years' experience? And that's after 20 years, yeah. How often would you say there are assaults that happen? And I, and I guess, you know, for different nurses it will be different, but in your experience? And it, it is quite a common thing, that, and it's nurses that it happens to. Um, because you're with them all the because time. Because we're not only with them, but we're up close and personal and really up in their space. And sometimes they're quite confused. We've had a steady stream, really, I suppose, of late, of kicking and punching and biting and scratching. How, how do you deal with that? It really depends on the circumstance. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll, I'll say to the patient, well, I'm going to go away and I'm going to come back. I say, when you'll calm down, ring the bell and I'll come back. A very confused patient, you can't really do that. You've just got to try and get somebody down the head end to try and keep them calm and, and get several staff to do what you need to do as quickly as possible. Is that a real traumatic experience for you and for nurses in general? It can be. Last week we had a very, very aggressive family member um, confront a nurse in quite a small space that she couldn't easily get out of. And that was, that was very frightening for her. Um, she'd asked the, pay, the, the family member to calm down, but he wasn't going to. And that required a call to security. So in terms of verbal abuse then, does that happen just all the time? Oh, yes. It's quite a constant thing. Um, sometimes from patients, sometimes from family members. Sometimes it's frustration around... They ring their bell, they want something. We don't get there um, because we're busy. And so it can be around that, but we cop it. What kind of verbal abuse have you received? Uh, really, it's just being sworn out for not. Um, I mean, the, the poor nurse the other night, she was called, a, uh, you stupid effing, and a racial slur several times. So there's a lot of family. racism as well? There, there is a bit of racial abuse in there, yeah. describe to me what it means for you to be able to get a 17% increase? 17% increase would mean not being quite so concerned about my bills. It would mean not driving a car that is must be getting on for 20 years old now. Not worrying about so much if uh, 
something goes wrong at home, that there's something to, to cover the bills. Paying for a bit more heat in winter would be nice. And just that security, paying the mortgage off. And what would it mean for some of your members? Would be mean for them it would mean home ownership. Is that the big thing? That's the big thing, I think. What is the general feeling amongst the people that I guess yeah, you represent towards how the government has and DHBs have approached the bargaining this time around? We all stood on the front line and waited for COVID to come. We were prepared to put ourselves at risk and our families at risk. And to be told with these two, two other offers, this is, this is all you're worth, it really is a slap on the face. We do work really hard. We are accountable for our practice, every nurse, every enrolled nurse. And uh, we just want what's fair. It's about creating a working environment that is not a stressful environment and it's about paying accordingly so that people do want to want to be nurses, that it's financially they can, they can be a nurse and that they enjoy coming to work. They're not rushing all the time. They're not worrying about making mistakes because they're, they're rushing. They're not worrying about when I go to work today, how many people, how many staff are there going to be? You want to go home. It can be really, really hard. You can have a really hard shift. But if you can, you can walk out the door and think, I did a really good job, that makes it OK. But it, it's when you work out, because we all do it, we all come home and we think, I should have done this and I wanted to do that and I was really short with that patient. And, but there's nothing you can do about it. But it's, where, it's when you can walk out, walk out the door at the end of the day and go, yeah, I've got it right. That's it for today. I'm Jessie Chang. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. If you want to get in touch, email us at thedetail at rnz.co.nz. Today's episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell and produced by Alexia Russell. And thanks to Rowan Quinn and the New Zealand Nurses Organisation Union Delegate. Ka kete anō.